Hello everyone, Dawn here. I... I don't really know how to explain this. I guess in simple terms. Lux is staying with me. They didn't ask to stay with me and I don't really know how it ended up happening. It... Let me start back at the beginning. I met Lux in person, as you all know. I spoke about it in my last transmission. What I didn't mention in that last transmission was that Lux was already staying with me. After we left the restaurant on the day we met, they got on the same train as me. I honestly think they must have stowed away, but I didn't think anything was odd about it at the time, so it's not like I checked up on them. I didn't know where they lived, so I just figured it was a coincidence we were on the same train, and I didn't really read into it. I didn't mind having the company on the train ride. It all seemed to be working out just fine and normally, until we reached my stop and then Lux got off with me. At that point I was confused and, admittedly, should have probably asked them about where they were going or where they were from, but I didn't. I just said a goodbye and then started walking back toward my dorm. And Lux just followed behind me as if they were some kind of stray puppy. I never asked what they were doing and they never asked where we were going. By the time we'd made it to my dorm, Lux was in step beside me now, and I just brought them inside. They... They haven't left. I mean, they've left, they've gone outside, and they do whatever it is they do when I'm busy. I don't keep track of them. But they're usually back before it gets dark, and they've just been staying with me. I know I should be more concerned about this, but they're... I mean, they're an adult, and they're nice to me, and I... I don't mind having them around. To be honest, I wasn't going to bother mentioning it to you all. My living circumstances are no one's business. Unfortunately, Lux has decided to speak on dreams. They've made a transmission of their own, so I agreed to share it for them. At the very least, you all can see what I mean when I describe Lux as a bit odd. Dreams. This is where we talk about dreams. I don't think Dawn understands that dreaming isn't something you do. It's not an action. You aren't dreaming, you have dreams. It's not something that's yours. It's just something in your head. Dawn doesn't understand that. Not yet. She doesn't understand most things. She thinks that things are seen and touched when they should be felt. She's learning, though. She's good at that. Dreams. Dreams take us all into that forest. 
that place beyond where we've been. Remember that forest inside our eyelids, those trees upon trees layering over one another until it seems the whole world is made of leaves and bark. Those roots that curl their way into our bones, filling our bodies like blood. That forest that we have to run through every time we close our eyes. But dreams don't start when you close your eyes. When you close your eyes, you are far, far away in this lovely room with lovely music, a beautiful, beautiful song wrapping you in an embrace of unearthly beauty. It's a party. You love parties. You get to see those familiar faces and he's always, always there. The most familiar stranger in the entire world. Everything is beautiful and you, you get to meet him once again. Death is always waiting. In the ballroom, you get to dance. We always have to, have to. And we open our eyes and we're here. Or we're there, or we're both. But never nowhere, always somewhere. Back in the forest or in this small room that smells like dawn, or with death, but we don't get to choose. We just go and be and it is always beautiful. Even the forest filled with monsters and trees and people and sound, it's all breathing around us. We can feel the vibrations of all that life throbbing in the air. It's beyond us, it's beyond words. You can feel time's weight in your hands, universality wrapped around tangibility, all in that forest. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than you. It's even bigger than death. He doesn't visit the forest. He doesn't belong there. He waits for you on the dance floor and you greet him as if you're old friends, even though his face is a stranger. And he's so gentle. That's the best word for him. He's gentle. His touch. He's warm. Not cold, but he is silent. There's no sound with him other than the music in your footsteps. Only yours. His steps make no sound. Even his words are not a sound. It's just a feeling brushing against your skin, just as gently as his fingertips graze your cheek. I do not know if death is kind, but he is gentle. And he is mine. And in many ways, I have always lived with death. Sometimes you miss the silence that death brings. There's never a silence like it anywhere else. Everything moves and feels so loudly. There are so many voices in the world and you can't think. They fill you up. That's all dreams are. It's just that noise all around us, that life. He was supposed to take them all away so we could breathe. In that forest, we never meet the animals or the monsters or the people. We can feel them and hear them and sometimes even see them, but we never get to meet them. Except for the trees. The trees love us and love to feel us and entwine themselves around us until we can't remember that we don't have roots in the ground. The trees that smell like flowers even though they don't bloom. They just grow and grow, devouring the sun and draining the soil and taking everything we have inside. They love us. 
They love us all. They're not... It never hurts. We are not overtaken. We simply succumb. We fall back into the silence that death brings. The silence. The excruciating indifference of being forced to endure your own mind. And he leads you into the most gentle dance that you've ever had. Barely touching you. I wonder if he's afraid that I'll break. Or maybe he's just afraid that he'll break. Dreams are not real. It's not reality. I do not know death. He is a stranger. The love of the trees is as fleeting as the blink of an eye. The forest and rooms and lives all inside fade and come as they please. Dreams, they, they don't stay. They don't get to be ours. It, it's not a part of our minds or a piece of our souls. Dreams don't stay long enough to be a part of us. Our minds are meant to stay, to follow tracks and trains and thoughts. They are not supposed to come in and out when you open and close your eyes. Dreams are not real. They are not our brains or our minds. They are too far away. And I feel an acute sadness at the distance between us. I'm tired. I think I have to sleep, but I might have been sleeping earlier. I don't know. I was dreaming, and I can't remember when it stopped. That is 100% what talking to Lux is like all of the time. Well, actually, they do have calmer, quieter moments, but they're usually scattered like that. It takes a while to get to the end of any ideas and they're constantly bouncing back and forth between different things. There's a bit of... When you spend time with Lux, it becomes clear that there's more to it than just the confusion you see. Like, I know that it sounds like they're completely crazy and you can feel a bit like you're talking to a kid. You know, they've got that innocence to them, but they're smarter than it seems at first. There's this one thing they say in their transmission. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have noticed it if I hadn't been able to listen back. And in many ways, I have always lived with death. That's what Lux said. It captured my attention and kind of drove me a bit insane because it sounded so familiar until I finally looked it up and it's a line from a poem. A few things they said in that one transmission were all lines from this one poem, Living with Death, written by Anonymous. In many ways, I have always lived with death. So, when I finally saw him, it never once occurred to me to run away. My earliest memories of a funeral. So long ago, I'm not sure whose. They weren't close to me. 
I knew because my parents weren't crying, so neither did I. But I rushed to place a flower on the grave at the end of the ceremony, just to be a part of it all. I have always found death to be beautiful. Not beautiful in a way that can be captured in a photo or a melody, but beautiful in the way of old ruins or pages in an ancient book, when you can feel time's weight in your hands, universality wrapped around tangibility. I can remember playing in a graveyard, running with my brother while we were supposed to be paying respects. The sun was scorching, wilting the flowers already left behind, but the gravestones were cool under our hands as we climbed over them. I have never thought death to be cruel, not even when I should have. I have never seen death as taking, not a hand coming from the depth to snatch away the unsuspecting, rather a waiting pool just below someday we fall into. We are not overtaken. We simply succumb. The first funeral I went to for someone I loved felt wrong. There were more people than I could count. We had to wait in a long line spiraling to the entrance of the church just to pay respects at the wake. The funeral filled an entire building, every pew to the point where there were rows of people in the back. I cried this time, because my brother did, but both our tears felt lost in the sea of people sobbing around us. It was the only time in my life when death felt empty. I do not know if death is kind. I sometimes imagine it to be. I've longed for the embrace of its unearthly beauty. I imagine it as a relief. Pain, suffering, strife. All of the hardships of the world cannot reach you there. And finally, you rest. Other times, I imagine excruciating indifference. Being left completely unmoored in pure nothingness, with no company or comforts, just forced to endure your own mind forevermore. I have always lived with death, but I do not know him. Even when I finally caught a glimpse, he was a stranger, and I felt an acute sadness at the distance between us. If you listen back to the transmission, you'll see a few different lines that Lux has taken from that poem and just brought into their way of talking. I think they did it on purpose. It feels purposeful when they incorporated that poem into their transmission. They at least seem to have the entire thing memorized. It definitely makes the whole 
seem more stable. There's some through line to it. Maybe I should pay a bit more attention when they talk. At least when they talk about dreams. They seem to know more than they say, and I think that I, and probably all of you, could benefit from a bit more of an open mind about these things. It's... it certainly got me thinking, and I bet that I'll have some very interesting ideas to share with you guys later. Who knows, maybe Lex is onto something. Good night.